0: What a beautiful time of worship this morning. That was not only enjoyable to me, but it was enjoyable to the Father. Amen. He loves it when his people gather together and worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm glad to see you this morning. I see some faces that I haven't seen in a while, and we welcome you home. We're glad that you're here this morning. I know that some of you are in town from out of town and just. Here for the weekend, others of you, you're, uh, you, you've stopped by today to see what all the hoopla is about what God's doing at Spirit Life Church, and we welcome you here. We're glad that you're here this morning. He's blessing us, isn't he? Aren't you glad to be blessed today? Some of us have forgotten that we are blessed, but it's what God wants to do in our lives before anything else. And we've been thinking about that for the last three weeks. And we're going to finalize those thoughts this morning as we look to Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to grab them and turn to Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. It will also be on the screen. I want you to follow along with me. I'm thankful that God has indeed blessed us. I'm I'm glad to be a blessed individual. I'm glad to know that everywhere I go, no matter what day of the week it is, no matter where I am, that I'm blessed to have the Spirit of God within my being. I don't leave Him here. I don't walk out the back door and leave Jesus here. He's with me everywhere I go. And I'm glad for that. And I just thought over the last three weeks that it was time for us kind of to renew that thought in our life and in our heart that we are blessed individuals and so the first week we went to Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 and the first words of that verse let me see if you remember what does Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 say the first four words anybody and God blessed them. You remember from the very beginning he created mankind the Bible says in his image male and female created he them and then in verse 28 he said and the scripture says and God blessed them before sin before old snake came in and took them into sin God said I'm going to bless my people. And then last week, we went to the psalmist, and we heard him declare that he is blessed, and because he is blessed, he bestows upon us. In fact, the scripture says, he loads us with benefits. How many of you got loaded up with benefits this week because of him? He loads us with benefits. Now, that word load doesn't mean that he puts a burden on us, But it simply means that he put so much blessing upon us that there are times that we simply cannot contain it. When's the last time that you felt like you were so blessed that you had to tell God, don't bless me anymore, don't give me anymore because I've got enough for my life. Now we seldom get to that place, but God does load us with benefits. But today as we close out this idea that we are blessed, I want us to understand that it's our responsibility as ambassadors of Christ to bless others in the name of Jesus. We're not to be blessed just to be blessed. We are blessed so that we can bless others. You know, that's true throughout Scripture. There's a passage of Scripture that says, that he comforts us with all comfort so that we can in turn comfort others whatever god does for us in life it's our responsibility then to pass that along there was a song years ago that the gaither vocal band used to sing that simply says passing the faith along i like the message of that song it's our right it's our responsibility To let the world know how blessed we are. And if he would bless us, he will bless them too. How many of you know that's true? So I want us to talk about it for a few moments this morning. Before we read the passage of scripture, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. I'm thankful for all who have gathered here today to present ourselves as living sacrifices unto you. Lord, we're presenting our ears and our minds and our hearts to you, and we pray that you will speak to us in such a way uh, that we will be able to leave this house today with a refreshed idea and revelation about not only who you are, but who you've called us to be. And I know, Lord God, that you are going to bless today. Many individuals that came into this house today not feeling blessed when they leave this house this morning, I believe, that they're going to have a new idea about themselves and that idea will be centered around the blessings of Christ in their lives. So thank you for what you will do by and through your word in Jesus name. Amen. Now, before we get started, I want you to just turn to your neighbor and say, I am a representative of God. Go ahead and tell him that. I am his ambassador. I am blessed. And I now bless you in Jesus' name. Isn't that good? Don't you feel blessed today? Praise the Lord. Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. And the Lord spoke to Moses. Listen, anytime the Lord speaks, we ought to listen to that, right? The Lord spoke to Moses, and he said, Tell Aaron and his sons... This is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look with favor upon you and give you peace. And in this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites and I will bless them. Now before I preach, I want to point out that this came directly from God to Moses. Nobody suggested it other than God himself. He said, God, Mo, he said, Moses, I'm speaking now and I want you to listen to what I'm saying. Because I want the priest to let my people know that they are blessed by my hand. And he said, tell them this, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to make make my face shine upon you. What does that mean? That means that God is literally smiling at us today. It literally means at times that he sings over us. Now, there have been times that I've sang to Donna in our, you know, when we were out on a date or whatever, sing a little song to her. And she always asks me to stop as soon as I can because I, I you know, I'm not, apparently not a very good singer, but I, I like to smile, I like, I like to sing over her. God is smiling over you today. He is singing over you today. He is proud of you. You say, well, how, how could that be? How, how could he love me after all I've done and all that I've been? Listen, he knows everything about you. He knows everything you've done. He knows who you are inside and out. He knows what you're going to do today and tomorrow. And if it falls short of his glory, he's going to love you anyway. Because he created you in his image, and he loves you. He'll bless you. So here we are. He's speaking to those who are Israelites who have been uh, in Egypt. They are in Exodus out of Egypt, and the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness. Now, I just want you to know that just because you're blessed doesn't mean that there won't be hard times in your life. There'll be times that you will have to go through the wilderness. But listen, even when it feels like you're not blessed. See, if we say I'm, I'm not blessed in times when we're in difficulty, then we are living by our feelings and not living by faith. The reality is, is that even when we're going through difficult times, Even when we're walking through the desert desert, even when we're trying to get from a bad place to a different place We are blessed even in those moments and in those moments God will do amazing things to get you from where you are to where you need to go I was thinking just this week about how blessed I have been over the last 13 years this week to be your pastor and to be here in Louisville, Kentucky It didn't start this way. I started many years ago, Donna and I, in Galesburg, Illinois. And I drove up to my very first appointment, and I looked at the little church there in that that community, and there were padlocks on the doors, chains and padlocks. And I thought, well, that's an odd thing to do. And then I discovered that the reason those chains and padlocks were there is because they had not paid their mortgage payment for six months and the bank was foreclosing on the property that I was going to pastor. I couldn't even get inside the building. But you know what? God gave us favor with that banker, and we were able to not only get the padlocks off the doors, but we were able, through a miracle of God, to catch up the past mortgage payments and then continue going forward. And God helped us to see that church thrive while we were there and you know that church is still in that community today blessing its community and they were going through a hard time and a difficult time but god came through on their behalf then i went to my next church and i got there and there was a man in the church who got arrested for some nasty things and I hadn't even, you know, I didn't even know anything about it. And then the newspaper came, started writing about it. And the, and the news media came and wanted to interview me. And I was hiding behind trees and bushes and everything else, just trying to avoid them so I could get to the bottom of it. But, you know, the Lord helped us through that. And he blessed us in the midst of it. And we were awarded by our state denomination as the fastest growing church in the state of Illinois for that year it wasn't because of me but it was because God said I have have chosen to bless I just I just exploded it was a microphone (laughs) I have decided to bless this church and bless this community and nothing is going to prevent my blessings from going forth and he did it in Jesus name We were appointed a few years later to a church just south of Chicago. I felt like when we were appointed there that we were in the big time, baby. I mean, they had a brand new church building. It was big. It seated hundreds of people. And little old us were appointed to pastor that church. I didn't know until I got there that the church was halfway built, not complete, that there was rainwater coming in at every crack that could possibly come in one Sunday morning morning I walked in and it had seating that kind of sloped down to the altar and we had a swimming pool in the altar area because so much water had come in from a broken pipe that it all collected down at the altar area I remember thinking Lord what in the world have you gotten me into I felt so blessed yesterday to be the pastor here and now I'm just a tiny bit discouraged that week we were having bad weather And the youth pastor saw me walking around the parking lot. And they had said that there were tornadoes in the area. And the sirens were going off. And I was just walking around the parking lot praying and looking. And before you know it, the youth pastor snuck up behind me. And he whispered to me. He said, I know what you're thinking. And I said, what am I thinking? He said, you're praying that a tornado will come down and blow this building to bits. And I said, agree with me in prayer right now in Jesus' name. It didn't happen, but the Lord helped us to be able to get through that circumstance and to bring that church to a place of great blessing. Again. It wasn't because of me, but it was because God said, these are my people. I'm going to bless them. When my people cry out to me, not only will I listen and will I hear, but I will send ministering spirits in among them and do a work that will say to this community that our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that is in us. And then several years later, God brought me to Louisville, Kentucky. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And those of you who've been with me through the whole journey, you know that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me, where would we be? But here we are, 13 years later, still able to say, ain't God good for the many blessings that he has bestowed upon us? I'm here to tell you that we can always pick out things that are not good. We can always point to things that are hurtful and painful and difficult to go through. But I want to remind you, and I've wanted to for the last three weeks, I want to remind you that as long as God is on our side, tell me who in the world can be against us. He loves us. He's blessed us. And God said to Moses, you go tell Aaron and his son, t- sons to tell my people that I am blessing them. And here's how I'm going to do it. He said, well, pastor, that's Old Testament scripture and we live in the New Testament. Well, thank you for that. I, I was aware of that. But let me just give you some idea that that kind of blessing remains with God's people. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 And I want you to know that Peter was writing to the diaspora. It is the group of Christians that were scattered throughout the world because of persecution. They wanted to stay home. They wanted to stay with their families. But because of extreme persecution, they were chased all over that region and all over that world. And and Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit... Speaks to them and he writes these words in first Peter chapter 2 verses 9 and 10. He said, but everybody say, "but." but But you are a chosen race or generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people of his possession so that You may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Amen. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What Peter is saying to the people here is, is that don't you look at your circumstances. Don't you let the devil tell you that you are nothing. Don't let him talk you out of your blessings, but instead recognize who you are. You are God. God's people. You are a part of a royal and a chosen group of people. And you are part of the priesthood of the heavenlies. That's who you are. So don't stop. Praising the Lord. Don't let your circumstances uh, prevent you from speaking out how great and how good that God is. Because when you're in your darkest moment, God is still as bright as he has ever been. And he will transfer you out of that darkness uh, and into his light. Amen. Amen. You see, if you're in Christ, you're a part of the royal priesthood. Now, it was the job of the priest to infer blessing. That's what the priest was supposed to do. You know, I sometimes think that we preachers get beside ourselves sometimes, and we just want we, we, we to beat the sheep up. You know, bless God if you're out there sinning. You better watch yourself. You know, you're going to get yourself in a world of trouble. And they, it's true that sin's all around us. And it's true that sometimes we fall into it. But we forget that we are not that sinner. We are the blessed child of God. And he will forgive those who repent. We need to spend more time talking about the blessings of God than we do the curse of sin. Yeah, the curse of sin is still around us. We can see it everywhere in the world all around us. But if you're a child of God, you are first and foremost blessed by his hand, and he will bring you to a place of purpose and forgiveness in your life. So as a priest, it's your job to make sure that everybody around you is blessed. You know, you don't need to be one of those kind of people that when they see you come and they say, oh, here they come. Instead, they ought to want to look at you and say, oh, here they come. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sent out these 12 after giving them instructions. He said, don't take the road that leads to the Gentiles. He wasn't being mean. It just wasn't time for the gospel to come to the Gentiles. He said, don't enter any Samaritan town. He wasn't upset with the Samaritans. He, it just wasn't time For the gospel to come to them yet. He said, Instead, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Don't acquire gold and silver or copper for your money belts. Don't take a traveling bag for the road or an extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the The worker is worthy of his food. When you enter into any town or village, find out there who is worthy. And stay there until you leave. And notice verse 12. It says, greet a household when you enter in. And if the household is worthy, let your peace, that word peace there literally means your blessing to be upon it. And let your be- and if it is unworthy, let your peace return to you. In other words, he was saying. All you preachers that got to have airplanes to get where you're going to preach the gospel and all of you got to have air-conditioned dog houses in order for your dog to get along all right and for all you preachers that got to have millions of dollars in the bank and silk suits and all that, that ain't my plan for you. My plan is for you to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever I send you and if you don't have any money in your pocket, that's the way I like it because you will be worthy to be taken care of When you get to that community, it will give them an opportunity to bless the man of God or the woman of God that is preaching the Word of God. You say, Oh, there you go. You had to talk about those women in the church preaching and pastoring and teaching and all that. I tell you, when our women, like Nita, got up and did communion last month, and then Miss Stephanie gets up here, and she just, you know, she just talks a little bit, and then in a few minutes it turns into preaching and it turns into jumping and it turns into getting excited uh, and the power of the Word of God goes forth and I remember in my mind uh, that the scripture says in those days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh uh, and your sons uh, and your daughters uh, shall prophesy amen I say loose the women uh, and let them preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and we do that around here, amen? And he said, wherever you guys go, don't worry about preparing your own way to get there. I'm going to take care of you. But I want you to go in and whoever's house that you enter, I want you to bless it. I never noticed this in all my years of reading this of scripture. But he didn't say, ask around and make them do something before you bless them. When they walked in the door, they needed to present the blessing of God in that moment. Bless them first. Let blessing lead the way. You know, sometimes we get that out of order. Sometimes we want people to straighten their act up before we're willing to communicate blessing to them. It doesn't work that way. God says you go to them and you pronounce blessing over them. You know, if they're not worthy of it and if they won't receive it and if they shut their ear to it, you can always take the blessing back. That's what he told the disciples. You can always remove the blessing that you gave them an opportunity to experience. But we've got to bless people. We've got to start condemning people and we've got to start blessing them and letting them know that our God is a good God. Amen? Amen? Author and speaker Dick Foth captures this idea. He says there are two types of people in the world. There are those who walk into a room and they internally announce, here I am. Here I am. Now, you know people like that. They come into the room and it's like, everybody look, I am here. And he says, that's one type of people that come into your presence, And then there are those folk folk who walk into the room and they're focused on everyone else. How are you today? Has God been good to you this week? Have you had any needs that God has supplied and met? Oh, you've had a bet. Somebody told me this morning that this has been a bad day for them. I took their hand and I began to pray with them that moment. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry that this has been a bad day. I want you to turn this situation around in Jesus' name for your glory. You see, there are people that walk into the room, and it's not about them, but it's about everyone else. There was a song several years ago, and it goes like this. And if you know it and you want to sing along with me, go ahead. You walked into the party Like you were walking onto a yacht. How many of you remember it? Your hat strategically dipped below one eye. Your scarf, it was apricot. You had one eye in the mirror as you watched yourself gavotte. And all the girls dreamed that they'd be your partner. They'd be your partner. And then the chorus says, You're so vain. I bet you thought this song was about you. You're so vain, and then the background singer goes, You're so vain. You remember it? I bet you think this song is about you. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Anybody ever sing that song? Anybody ever know anybody that when they walk in the room, you want to sing that song to them? listen, that's not the right way for us to pronounce blessing over people. We are to come in humbly into the room, not meaning that we have no power and authority, but when we come in humbly with the power and the authority of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have the makings for a blessing for those who will receive it. Amen? Bless people. Now the scripture not only talks about blessing, I think you're gonna get really excited about this. It actually on occasion talks about double blessing. Now I like to go to the Barrel ice cream place. How many of you have ever been to the Barrel? I like to go there because it's pretty cheap. Donna and I can both eat there for $6 and that, you know, you can't hardly do that. In fact, the other night, Thursday night, we had had dinner I had cooked it, which was the first mistake, <clears throat> but it just was not very satisfying, and uh, I was sitting there at the house, and I said, I'm just not satisfied. I said, can you travel? And she said, yeah. I, where are we going? I said, get in the car. Let's go to the barrel. I said, I got to have some ice cream. We went down there, and you got to be careful at the barrel because if you get one scoop, you actually get two. I don't know if you knew that or not. And so I always get one scoop because I know I'm going to get two. And then if you get two scoops, boy, you, you're a better man or woman than I am because that's a lot of ice cream. We went and we ate that ice cream and man, I was doubly blessed. Not only was I blessed by the salted caramel ice cream on the bottom, but I was blessed by the cherry ice cream on the top. He said, that sounds terrible, those two matched together. Well, the, the, the secret is you got to eat all the cherry first, and then you get to the salted caramel, and you eat there as well. There's a lady in line in front of me, and she said, I've been looking forward to this all day long. I said, what you going to get? She said, I came to get a, a, a banana split. She said, I've been wanting a banana split all this week, and my husband brought me. We're going to get a banana split, and I'm so excited I can't hardly wait. And so she got up there, and when she ordered, I didn't pay any attention, but I was getting ready to think about what I was going to order. And then you know how it is at the barrel. You go from the order window over here to the other window where you wait for the blessing to come. And so they called out that lady's name, and when they did, they brought her out a hot fudge cake with vanilla ice cream all around it. And I laughed at her right there on the spot. And she turned around holding her hot fudge cake and she said, I know. She said, I've wanted a banana split all week long. But when I saw that lady get her hot fudge uh, cake, I, I thought, I'd rather have that. She was blessed. When they gave me mine, man, I was doubly blessed. I had two scoops of ice cream in there and boy, it was good. How many of you know that sometimes God just blesses you abundantly, but then there are times when he says, you better get ready because I'm getting ready to bless you doubly. I'm getting ready to bless you like you haven't been blessed in a long time. Uh, Zechariah says in chapter 9, verse 9, he says, your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly And riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. He's talking about when the Messiah would come. He prophesied 500 years in advance. That in the New Testament, there would be a Messiah who would ride in on a donkey. And you remember on Palm Sunday, 500 years later, here came Jesus riding into town on that donkey. And let me tell you, this world has never been the same since Jesus presented himself as the Messiah. Amen. You go down to verses 11 and 12, chapter 9, Zechariah. He says, as for you... Because of the blood covenant. Say, because of the blood covenant. I will release your prisoners from the waterless cistern. Return to a stronghold, you prisoners who have hope. Today, say today. I declare that I will restore double to you. So if you got one... If double comes, you got two. If you got two, when double comes, you got four. When you got 100, when double comes, you got 200. God says, I'm going to double your blessings today. But notice what he says. I want you to look at this. He said, I, he said return to a stronghold. Isn't that a strange thing to say? Because when we think of stronghold, we think about those things in life that bind us and keep us bound. We can't move to the right or to the left because we're bound. We have a stronghold. It might be a stronghold of negative thinking. It might be a stronghold of sickness or disease. It might be a stronghold in our relationship that we can't break free from. It might be a stronghold of financial oppression. It might be a stronghold that just keeps us bound, but that's not what he's talking about. He says, I want you to return to a stronghold. And what he is saying is, is I want you to find that place in your life when you were blessed and you were at peace and you were honored And you had everything that you had need of. I want you to find your way back to your comfort zone. I want you to find your way back to that song that one time touched you. I remember a song many years ago that was done by Andre Crouch that simply says, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. What he is saying here is that there are some days in your life that you've just got to travel back to a place where you knew that you were blessed by the hand of God and you've got to stay there in that place of blessing and comfort and let God shore you up and bless you with the peace of God that passes all understanding before you can move on. You've got to move back to that place. Pause, selah, just a moment and think back to that place When you were at peace. Think back in your relationship. When you were in love with your spouse. And you looked at one another with loving eyes. And you spoke to one another with peaceful words and loving words. Remember back to that. Remember back to that moment in your life. When you didn't have to rely on alcohol. And other things to soothe your nerves. Remember back in your life. Where you didn't have to have that glass of wine. To put yourself to sleep at night. Because the peace of God did that for you. Think back to those moments in your life. When you were in perfect peace. Listen, I'm not preaching against anything. I'm preaching about that place. And you know where I'm talking about. Where you, it just fits you like a glove. It just feels good on you and around you. Go back to that strong place. Go back to that strength. There's nothing wrong with trying to stretch yourself. There's nothing wrong with trying to be more than you currently are. But when you get out of kilter with yourself and you're nervous and you're anxious and you don't know what tomorrow holds, move back into that pocket of blessing where God blessing met you and find yourself again and come to a place of peace again and from there god will bless you he said return to a stronghold who's he talking about listen to this this will blow your mind he calls them prisoners but then he says i'm talking to the prisoners who have hope that's what it says So is it possible to be imprisoned and have hope at the same time? Apparently it is. Apparently you can be be in your sickness and in your disease and fight with every ounce of energy that you have and be at peace knowing that you still have a healer who is in charge of your circumstance. And even if it hasn't manifested yet, it does not change the fact that he is the healer. They say my relationships falling apart hey listen You can have hope even in the midst of a relationship that's struggling and having a heart. He said, I'm talking to people who are right now a prisoner of some circumstance, uh, but here's the difference. Here's what sets you apart. You're not giving up. You're not saying, oh God, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. You're not saying, oh Lord, just take this away from me or I die. No, you're saying, I will hold on to the hope that I have uh, In Jesus Christ, because I know full well that He is able to see me through. Somebody give praise to the Lord in the house this morning. (laughs) Do you have an outfit that you like to wear that just feels good? I've got some stuff that I just like to get up in the morning. I like to think about it the night before, tomorrow. I'm going to wear my camouflage shorts. And I'm gonna wear this shirt to go with it. I'm gonna wear these shoes and I can come out of the the room and, and Donna look at me and say, Is that what you're wearing today? And I don't say it, but I think it you ain't stealing my peace, lady. Uh uh-uh, uh, not today. I've been dreaming about this. This is what I'm wearing. I don't care what I look like, I'm gonna feel good. Why? Because it's comfortable. It's my comfort zone. It's what I like. It's what makes me feel good. It's what makes me smile. She's got a particular pair of pajamas that she likes. She'll say to me, if you'll get my pajamas ready to put on, since she broke her arm, I've been you know, kind of helping like that. And I said, well, you want to wear tonight? And I'll go through the pajamas. I fold them like a, it's like a catalog. You know, there's so many pairs in the drawer that you just, you go from one to the next and she'll, she'll shake her head, no, no, I don't want those. And I'd say, well, how about these? No, I don't want those. So you go to the next and then she'll say, Those. Well, what is it about those? I'll tell you what it is. She hasn't said this, but I can tell you what it is. Those are the ones that make her feel good. Those are the ones that fit right. Those are the way ones that bring comfort to her while she's fighting this battle of letting this bone heal back. And what he is saying is, he's saying, go back to that stronghold. Go back to that place of blessing. Go back to that place where you knew that the blessings of God were all over you. Go back there and be a prisoner of hope. A better day is coming. Amen. Praise the Lord. Job is exhibit A when it comes to the double blessing. In Job chapter 42, verses 7 through 10, and you know the story of Job. You know that Job lost everything just like that, just in a few minutes, just in a few hours. He was a rich man. He was a righteous man. He was well known. He had so many resources available to him. But just like this, the enemy came to sift him and to take away. Let me tell you, the enemy will try to sift you. That's what Jesus told Peter. He said, I'm praying for you, Peter, because the enemy, the devil, has come to sift you and to steal your faith. But he said, But after you have been restored. <laughs> I love that God is always thinking ahead he's always aware of what you're going through right now he's always aware of what the enemy the devil is trying to do to you but listen he has an end blessing in store for you and when the devil has done his best God will step into the picture and say I'm ready to bless you now like you've never been blessed before Four, And that's what he does. Verse 7, after the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I'm angry with you and your two friends, but you have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. Now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. Then my servant Job will pray for you. I will surely accept his prayer." And I will not deal with you as your folly deserves. For you not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. And then Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Naamathite went and did as the Lord told them. And the Lord accepted Job's prayer. Verse 10. After Job had prayed for his friends, the, the Lord restored his fortunes and doubled his previous possessions. Look at your neighbor and say doubled. Tell them, say that's twice as much as before. That, that, that's twice as much. God did that for him. God did that for them. And then verse 12 says... The Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life even more than the first half. Listen, can I just, just for a minute, can I speak to the senior adults that are in the room? Listen, I know that you might not be able to throw a football like you once did. And I know that you can't play baseball like you once did. The very thought of stealing second base and sliding in hurts my legs like nobody's business. I don't even want to think about it. I was talking to somebody just yesterday who used to be a, a golfer, golfed all around the world in different places, and now just the club's set. Why? Because he's gotten a little older and he doesn't play like he used to. And I'm the same way. I can't even remember the last time I touched my golf clubs, but I won't get rid of them in case the Lord decides to give me supernatural health and in case I need them in heaven once I get there. I don't know. Our bodies don't do like they once did. We want to listen to all this prosperity, prosperity preaching, talk about how that you'll never be sick and you'll never, but the Bible says that your body is decaying. Is that true? It is decaying. And one of these days, this body of ours is actually literally going to die. But the good news is is that when we're finished with this body, they're going to lay it in a hole in a ground somewhere, but we're not going to be here to watch the processional because the Bible says to be absent from this body means to be present with the Lord God Almighty. So I'm going to heaven one of these days, and I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus. But until then, it is my goal in life to bless as many people as I can possibly bless. Uh, I'm not trying to condemn them. I'm not trying to put them down. Uh, I'm not trying to tell them how wrong they are. I'm just trying to let them know that if Jesus blessed me the way that he has blessed me, he can bless you too. If Jesus can forgive my sins, uh, he can forgive yours too. God is a blesser. Double blessing. There's a lady, and I'm closing now. We're going to have communion here in a few moments, so don't leave. Barbara Glance is her name. She's a corporate trainer. And she does workshops for, future, for Fortune 500 companies. And during one of these workshops, she was working with a grocery store chain. And she talked about adding a personal... Signature to your work. In other words, when people look at this body of work that has come from you, it needs to have your signature on it. it. It needs to be like you. It needs to carry your touch. Let me just give you an example. When I say banana pudding, who do you think about? Mom. Mom. I think about Wanda Lauder milk. When you when you think about poison sumac, who do you think about? Derek, Derek Williams, Stephanie, who blamed hers on him, by the way. She said that I got so tickled I almost had to leave the room. I was laughing so hard. When you think of cabbage rolls, who do you think about? You think about Connie. That's right. I mean, I could go on. When you think about crappie, who do you think about? Joe Russ. That's right. That's who you think about. When you think about different things, you think about certain people because it just matches them. When you think about hats and patches and shirts with spirit life on it, who do you think about? Everybody's looking right down here at Paul. We have a signature on our blessings. Sometimes you don't even have to ask who blessed, who did that. You can tell by the blessing who it came from. My wife's got a phone going off. Just tell them I can't answer it right now. So there should be a signature on our blessing. Barbara Glantz, after doing this seminar with this grocery store, tells this story. One of the grocery baggers is a young man with Down syndrome. And that young man got an idea. Every night, he would come up with a thought for the day. And he would print out multiple copies on his printer at home. And the next day, he would drop one in the people's grocery bags as they checked out. A month later, the store manager called Barbara And said when I went out on the floor this morning the line at Johnny's checkout was three times longer than any other line he said I lost my cool and went ballistic and started yelling get the rest of these registers open we ain't Walmart get somebody there and the people yelled back at him No, we want to go through Johnny's line because when we go through Johnny's line, we get the thought for the day. They started, one lady said, she said, I only come here every couple of weeks, but when Johnny started giving the thought for the day, this is where I do all my shopping. And it's not because of the store, but it's because of Johnny." Because I know when I get in Johnny's line, I'm going to get the thought for the day. Now, here's a young Down syndrome boy who has a signature blessing that has people coming from everywhere just to get the thought for the day from Johnny. So the manager went to Johnny and said, Johnny, that was a good idea. What are some other things that we could be doing here in our store? And Johnny said, I've been thinking about it. In our florist department, where they get flowers, said when we trim the flowers and cut them, they throw them off to the side and throw them into the trash can. Said instead of throwing the cut flowers into the trash can to die, let's get those cut flowers and let's take them out on the floor and find a little elderly widow woman or a little woman and give that flower and present it to them and bless them so that they can receive a flower when they come into the store. And all of these boutonnieres and all of these corsages uh, that didn't turn out just right and you throw them away, let's take them out on the floor and find some little girls that are with their mom and with their dad and let's give them to them and put them on their wrist and make them feel like a princess. And this manager, who was supposed to be smarter than anybody else, wasn't half as smart as Johnny. Because Johnny was thinking about how to bless others. And the manager then reports back to this lady and says, We've never had so much fun in our store than we are having right now. And it's all because of Johnny. Now, I don't know about you, but I want our church to be like that. I don't ever want us to be accused of looking down our nose at anybody who comes into this church because they don't look like us, because they don't come from our circle of influence. I want us always to be those kind of people who look at other people and say, let's find a way to be a blessing to them. I'm closing with this thought. When it came to you 13 years ago, the Lord gave me three words that I just felt like were attached to this church. And you know them well, unless you're new. But the first one is expect. You see, the level of faith that you have is always going to determine what you get from God and how you're able to bless others. If you don't believe, the Bible says, let any man who doubts Not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. But when we expect the best, we can believe that God will bring it into our lives. Expect. And then the other word that came to me was the word explore. I've already told you today we're going to have rough times in our lives. We're going to have difficult days. And in those moments, it's not time for us to lose our faith. It's not time for us to give up. It's time for us to explore our faith and say how is this difficulty going to build my faith and help me to be stronger than I've ever been before? How is this going to add to my level of maturity in Christ? How is this going to help me become a better Christian than I've ever been before? Not because I'm trying to get any awards but because I want to be faithful with what God has asked me to do. We expect the best at all times. We explore our faith in every situation. And the final word is that we expand the kingdom of God, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those who are around us. I've already told you once, you are an ambassador for Christ. We're all called, we're not called as a church just to have chicken dinners. We're we're not called of God just to hang out and eat hot dogs. And listen, I'm not against any of that. In fact, if you want to get a party up right now, I'm coming. I I want to be there. There's not anybody on the face of the earth I know that knows how to eat any better than you folks do. And laugh and have a good time. So if you're doing it, let me know. I'm there. That's not what God, God has called us. You say, well, what about Acts, or Acts chapter 2? They were all together and they had singleness of heart and they ate their food and all that. Yeah, they did. But that's not the reason they existed. That was to draw strength from one another. That was to be encouraged and edified by one another. That was to gain our spiritual power so that we can then live in Acts chapter 17 where the world was being turned upside down and somebody said, how in the world is this happening? And somebody responded by saying, those who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Let me tell you, America is in a bad place right now. We're in a place where if God doesn't come through on our behalf, we're sunk. But let me tell you, the Bible says, if my people which are called by name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will restore the land. Amen. I'm telling you, we have a role to play in the healing of our nation. It's time for us to expand the kingdom of God not only in our lives but in the lives of those around us. I'm looking around this building. For 13 years, I've been saying to the Lord, Lord, I know, there's no question in my mind that the facility that we have can accommodate four to 500 people. And I, I don't know how we're going to say, oh, man, I, I don't know, I like my elbow room. I'm, well, it's okay if we decide to go to two services. It's okay if we decide to expand in some way. Listen, I'm not worried about your elbow room. I'm worried about getting these tan chairs filled up with people who are seeking God and want God to do something in their lives because their families are falling apart and their kids are dying and going to hell and they're addicted to drugs and they need the touch of a Savior who can come and bring them out of all that. And I want us to see these, these chairs filled up. And I want us to see our school filled up. I want us to see the ministries that God has given to us. I want to see them expand. And if you want to see God do that, we're going to need your help. We're going to need your prayers. We're going to need everything that this body can seed and sow into the kingdom of God so that the harvest will come. You want to see people saved? Me too. I want to see them blessed. So are you blessed? Let me see your hand if you're blessed. Good. All but two of you. Praise the Lord. Come up here and I'll bless you in Jesus' name. I'm only kidding. I'm glad you're blessed, but it cannot stop with our blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Now I want you to stay seated for just a moment. Justin, come on. Usher's come, if you will, with the communion elements. (coughs) And listen, you say, well, are you going to have special prayer? We're going to have communion today. Some pastors call communion the meal that heals. That's a good way to describe it. Because when we receive communion, we understand that everything Jesus did, he did for us. He forgave us of our sins by giving his body and allowing it to be broken. And His blood, so that we could be washed clean. So here's what I want you to do today. I want you, as you come down this way and get the elements from the ushers, <clears throat> when you get them, I want you to take the bread that represents that body and and the cup that re, that represents the blood, and I want you to just begin thanking Him in that moment for meeting whatever your need is today. If you're sick and in need of healing. He'll heal you, He can. If you're discouraged and depressed, He can restore unto you the joy of your salvation. Whatever you have need of, as you come, I want you to receive it from Christ as you put it in His hands. So let's all stand together. Justin, lead us in a song. As they begin to sing, I want you to start coming down this way. Now, I realize the chairs are in a different position and you may have to find a different way up here But I have confidence that you won't get lost. You'll find your way. And when everybody gets up here and serve, we'll we'll partake together.